Upsflyer presents Winning in the Nordics with Anneli Nash. Welcome to Winning in the Nordics. I'm your host, Anneli Nash, and I'll meet some of the most interesting marketers, investors, and app developers across the region to learn from their success stories. I'm the founder of AIM4, your partner for digital marketing and growth, and this podcast is a collaboration with Appsflyer. Appsflyer provides mobile marketers with the technology they need to grow their apps and create exceptional user experiences. I'm here today with Jacob Sievers. He's the head of engineering at Milky Wire. Prior to joining Milky Wire, Jacob worked at Netlight, Mentimeter and Blocket. Jacob first joined Milky Wire as a front-end lead and is one of the lucky few who can say that he was there to write the very first lines of code. Milky Wire is a digital platform for everyone who wants to do something for the planet. Through the app, users can easily find, fund and follow impactors working to fight extinction, save the oceans, clean the planet, protect and restore forests and more. Milky Way allow private and corporate users to support local projects directly and see proof of impact by following their progress through video updates directly on the app. So is that a correct uh, description of what you do? Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. We, we've kind of broadened what we do as we went along, but but that is definitely the core of it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. But interesting. That is still a lot and you have broadened yes. that. Do yes. you want to uh, share some of that? Well, well, we're kind of right now in a phase where we... Uh, we're kind of redirecting focus a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, trying to kill some darlings. And uh, we've plotted a really good path forward, in my opinion. But yeah, uh, but yeah still some darlings left to kill, I think. <laughs> okay, nice yeah. to hear. And I think we're going to return back to this topic a yeah. bit later in the podcast. But we wanted to start to hear a bit more about the technical side. Um, and especially like starting Milky Wire and like from the very beginning, why did you uh, decide to build it as an app? Well, it really does go back to kind of the the first days there when, when we kind of went on board uh, to, to start working on the actual product we uh, we realized that we we wanted to have the kind of uh, a, a kind of actual app experience like uh, like you have Netflix as an app uh, or so on in the phone and uh, and not just viewed in the browser on your phone yeah uh, so so that was kind of uh, where we started out but but then as we went along we uh, we kind of redirected a little bit from that and uh, obviously now we have kind of donations through the web and everything uh, and I think we're uh, we're kind of uh, we we kind of do need to have both from from our standpoint uh, as we have kind of shifted focus. Yeah. And, and the 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 kind of baseline for it was that we kind of envisioned uh, video being the core of the experience in the mm-hmm. beginning. And uh, nowadays it's uh, still extremely important, and it, it's kind of one of our top priorities to have that kind of content. But it's not uh, it's not kind of everything. Uh, in the same way uh, right now. Because I think the first time I got in contact with Milky Wire, for me, it was like an Instagram, Mm -hmm. but with only NGOs and good stuff. Yeah. (laughs) Is that a correct where you started off descriptions? Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, we we, we stole a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Uh, And we've uh, we've changed a lot uh, as we've learned along the way. And now it's, uh, yeah, when when in doubt, we stole. uh, And uh, that was kind of where we started out. And now it's, quite different i would say but yeah. uh, 
but yeah, I, I like that's still probably a pretty good <laughs> description. Okay, cool. I yeah. realized that nowadays I mostly donate and I don't follow, so yeah, yeah. something went wrong for me personally there. <laughs> yeah. No, but I mean, you're you're kind of uh, one of the the main user groups that we see that people who are uh, who are interested in uh, who who do want to donate to charity and exactly these organizations that we have on the platform, but maybe don't need to follow up uh, as often, uh, yeah. and it's more important to know that that kind of content actually exists yeah and not follow it on a daily or weekly basis yeah okay yeah, yeah. Well, i can see that uh, yeah. as a user group <laughs> yeah but i also happen to know because we talked a bit before that you developed it in react native uh why did you decide to go that way well i think i mean there were, there were kind of several reasons uh i think the the first one was that uh if you look at the kind of developers we were at the beginning uh, there were three of us uh we uh we all or at least Two of us uh, knew JavaScript very well, and the third had kind of been persuaded uh, to <laughs> to code in JavaScript. Uh, and uh, and then it was like we 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 had and we still have very limited resources. Yeah. Uh, and uh, like uh, React Native is uh, probably still. I, I mean, it's it, there. There are two really good kind of cross-platform uh, frameworks that you can use, and that's uh, React Native and uh, Flutter. Uh, and uh, so, I mean, I think it was a really good choice from that standpoint as well to kind of save our resources, know technology that we or use technology that we know and so on. Yeah, uh, makes sense. Yeah, definitely. For our less tech savvy user or listener, including myself, what is really React Native? Because in the name, it sounds like native, but mm -hmm. it isn't really native. So can you speak about the technology a bit? Yeah, definitely. Uh, so so uh, I think the name itself comes from uh, from that. If you look at uh, the cross-platform technology that you used before React Native, a lot of it was uh, actually kind of web-based. Mm. Uh, uh, but uh, what React Native actually does is uh, you you do write code that looks very similar to a web page, but what it actually generates is uh, native components. Mm. Uh, so you can do a lot of different things that... Uh, or or it's a lot smoother uh, than if you would uh, just code it as a web page in the app and you can use a lot of the kind of native uh, technology that exists uh, and so on uh, with a few caveats obviously uh, and I mean we, we've had a lot of challenges along the way with, with React Native because we we kind of need the app to be very performant for some pretty like uh, intensive things but uh, yeah but but it still gave us the capabilities to to kind of, to write stuff once and uh, just push it out yeah yeah because uh, from what I've understood, that when you are are in that situation that you're going to launch an app, you, you have the you have a few things to consider. You know, you have the uh, Apple phone and you have the Android phones and you have the the web pages and you're gonna you need something that works for everyone, but you still want to have the native functionality with the like everything from maybe offline mode to keeping logins to whatever like. What of that was the main reasons, or what of the external factors, except for you guys knowing mm. code, was the main reasons for why you chose this technology? The the main reason when it comes to kind of functionality, I believe that was really the kind of uh, that th that there were there there were very good uh, kind of uh, components for us to to use and like uh, be, be able to animate and kind of actually build something similar to like like one of the first things that we actually did in the app which we've uh, since removed uh but just in, as an example was that we uh, kind of did something similar to uh instagram stories or snapchat mm -hmm. stories uh and that would be really 
hard to kind of do in a really good way when it comes uh, with web technologies, especially for kind of older phones. It would not be very smooth. Mm -hmm. uh, so we we kind of, uh, even though it was like difficult to recreate it in React Native, we we did that. And I don't think we would have gotten as far with just using web technologies. So mm -hmm. it's, it kind of does come back to that. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Do you have any other examples for like external factors, like things you wanted to do or... Uh, that actually impacted your decision there. Well, if we, we kind of go back to the choice about having uh, having an app versus having a web page uh, yeah. instead. I mean, we, we like one thing is being in the App Store as well as uh, Google Play Store. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, that that's still pretty important. I mean, people do go in there and browse, and uh, it gives us the ability to put ads there and uh, and so on and so forth. Yeah. Uh, and also, we've been very lucky uh, to to have uh, been selected uh, as featured app by Apple uh, in different kind of contexts uh, and uh, so on. So, I mean, it it does give us like uh, some some degree of uh, it, it does allow us to reach out in yeah. another way. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I remember in the pre-talk we had, you told me a bit about the fact that you, due to the fact that you chose React Native, you could launch on the different platforms quite fast, mm -hmm. but that uh, you also have a lot of like functions and features that aren't really perfect for React Native. So you had to kind of build a lot on top of that. Can you tell me what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think I, you know, yeah, uh, no, but uh, I, I think, uh, and the stories uh, feature that we we had in the past is yeah. a pretty good example of okay, that once yeah. again. Uh, I mean, we, we really did have to go through some hurdles in order to make that work. Yeah. Uh, and uh, if we if we look even further, I mean, one feature which we have had some issues with is, uh, I mean, we so we have kind of two sides to the app. We have one which is directed towards uh, uh, people like you, uh, mm -hmm. consumers, and then we have the other, uh, which is directed towards the actual organizations mm. who who upload content and uh, who want to monitor their finances and so on. Uh, and when it comes to the upload functionality, uh, that one is pretty hard to actually do in React Native. So what we kind of did an investigation on was seeing whether we could uh, create our own native component for that, uh, which would then not be written in uh, JavaScript. Uh, and uh, it was, it, and it definitely got working and so on. But but kind of maintaining that is quite difficult. Uh. And I think that's kind of one of the main issues with uh, React Native, that as soon as you kind of uh, need to break out of the box mm. and do something which uh, which the framework itself doesn't uh, doesn't have included. Uh, you're going to run into some trouble. Uh, and in the best case scenario, there is a third-party library which uh, works well and is well-supported and so on. And in the worst case scenario, you're going to have to write it yourself. And then there, there are scenarios in between. I mean, we've had to use a couple of horrible libraries uh, which are really badly supported. Okay. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, it, it is definitely... I mean, going not going cross-platform as a startup, I still think that's super valid. Yeah. Uh, and it's, you, you kind of have to judge that case by case. Yeah, okay. So if you were to advise someone today mm. on like what technology they would choose to their app, what would be the key things to like look at or consider uh, when making a decision? Uh, wow, I think there are, uh, there, there are many different things, but uh, like, like if we look at the, the, the like super important ones first, uh, I mean the choice between uh, do, doing something something for the web or doing something uh, for uh, as an app for your MVP. Yeah. Uh, if you if you go with doing it as an app, like uh, make sure you can really really justify that. Mm -hmm. uh, I think the MVP might have been de better done as uh, a web page. Yeah. Uh, if I were to advise myself back then. <laughs> and besides that, I think uh, I mean, I think I think like so much also goes back to people. 
yeah. uh, like the, the people you have on board. And if you do have an iOS developer on board who doesn't know a lot of JavaScript, well, go ahead and make an iOS app as the MVP. I mean, uh, the, I think that's a, that's a really good uh, that's a really good choice in that case. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it, it all depends on people in the end. I think. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Mm interesting okay so you were a bit in on like what you stole with pride like looking at instagram and so forth what did you uh create that has never been done before except for that uh, story feature <laughs> uh yeah i think uh a lot of it actually comes back to uh, maybe the model that we yeah. use uh so kind of in between tech and uh, our different processes and so on and uh, one really good thing uh that i love that we're doing is that we we kind of uh, we we started out with users being able to donate to individual organizations, pretty small ones. Uh, what we've now moved more towards is working with what we call causes, uh, and that's that you can donate to, uh, for example, uh, save the ocean. Mm. Uh, and then we take on the expert role and make sure that uh, funding reaches where it's needed the most. But you still still get to follow the updates from the individual organizations that you care about. Mm. Uh, so I think I think that is uh, super powerful, and, and kind of having that combination of you can still have an impact on how the money is distributed and you, you still have a really good choice uh but uh but we kind of uh, we, we we kind of take on a little bit more leadership in that uh, and i think that's a really good kind of compromise yeah i don't know what what, what, what was the question again <laughs> <laughs> the question was what have you created new that has never been done before honestly and it's a lot of kind of small things yeah. uh, i mean uh, we uh, i think the big thing that we are doing uh, is that we we try to bring learnings from kind of uh, where a lot of us have been working previously, which is in kind of uh, product development in the private sector into uh, the uh, the kind of, uh, yeah, bring that towards uh, charity organizations yeah. uh, and uh, try to revolutionize that. So I think that that kind of combination is probably uh, the, the key core thing that we're doing. Yeah. Uh, like even though some of it is similar to some other apps that you've used before, uh, the combination is pretty darn unique yeah yeah i like that mm -hmm. and um if we go back to the stealing with pride except for stealing some feeling from instagram in the beginning what has like what has been your sources of inspiration i think it depends on who you ask in the company i mean uh, like uh, as i mentioned i mean most of us who work within the product development i mean we we haven't had anything to do with the nonprofit sector before uh, so I think we all bring kind of our own personal experiences from that and can uh, can kind of do a lot differently. Yeah, but but like if we go down a little bit more into detail, I think uh, like if, if we talk about marketing, for example, I yeah. mean, uh, I think a lot of these kind of uh, if we look at where we are now, we started out kind of looking at how uh, how we can reach out through these kind of more regular channels mm -hmm. uh, like uh, Facebook and put up Google ads and so on. And we kind of actually uh, redirected a little bit from that. And our main channel for actually getting users in is via our partners nowadays. Mm. Uh, and uh, and I mean, I think that is one way which we've drawn inspiration from others to, to, to kind of try to find different ways to bring in users and uh, not just use the kind of conventional easy way. Yeah. Uh, and that has worked out a lot better for us since we started doing that. Yeah. And it started out basically as an experiment. I mean, and, and then it worked out super well. Yeah. Uh, an experiment that we really did believe in, however, but, <laughs> <laughs> but it was very MVP-ish in the beginning. Yeah. 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 I think that is the interesting thing. Like when you can jack into streams of like users or flows uh, naturally, which is really what you are 
doing yeah. in those uh, cases. But it's sometimes hard to do that as an MVP because sometimes you you enter a stream of users that is ver- very big, but you don't know if it's going to work. So how do, you, how do you prioritize how much effort you're going to put into such an idea? I mean, that's always super hard. Uh, and uh, I think... Uh, uh, I don't think there is one answer for everyone. Uh, I think like uh, I, th- I think the big thing is that you need to pay attention to your individual biases. Mm. And if you, you you're a perfectionist, you you probably need to dial it down and release something which you find ugly. If you you're good at releasing stuff that's ugly, maybe dial it up a little bit. Uh, okay. Yeah, uh, and uh, and I mean, and there's always also this phrase which we throw around a lot, and a lot of others do as well, and that's minimum lovable product. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, and that's uh, I, I think that's probably what you should go for. Yeah, uh, like the, the the smallest thing which people can actually kind of fall in love with. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I like that. So yeah. we have invented a new term here today. It's uh, or it wasn't new, but according to me, it's new. So minimum <laughs> lovable product. Yeah. So if we take this in in a few different uh, personas, so to the like entrepreneur who is considering to like start developing an app um you know they haven't put together a team they haven't done anything like what would you be your advice to that person i think it depends on the person uh, the 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 first thing is to to kind of see where you yourself are lacking uh, mm-hmm. and find someone who uh, you are not afraid of actually getting into a bit of conflict with yeah. uh, and uh, like bouncing ideas off someone who has a different background than you and uh, and kind of go from there. I think that 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 should always be kind of the starting point. Yeah. Uh, but uh, besides that, I mean, I mean, there there are so many different things that go into it. But I think I think that is uh, probably one of the biggest ones. Uh, and uh, but but also, I mean, uh, like look around for inspiration, see what you can steal, see what uh, you probably will have to come up with uh, yourself, and uh, kind of get a good view of the landscape. Yeah. yeah I think yeah. That's probably a like very, that. Yeah, very good place to start. So you might answer this the same way then, but if I'm a, if you're like um, you know the first developer into a company, mm-hmm. like uh, you know you were three, but like if you had been on your own, what would you have done? Like, what would be the advice to that person? Uh, make sure you can make the most out of your limited time. <laughs> <laughs> good advice. Yeah. Any advice on how to do that? <laughs> yeah, no, no, but uh, I mean, uh, go go with, uh, try to go with what you know. Yeah. Uh, I think that that's, uh, that's probably a good place to start. Uh, and, uh, and also see like what kind of resources you have in your network that you don't necessarily need to pay. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's always good to, uh, I mean, like, like from my standpoint, I came from uh, a consultancy, uh, NetLight. And uh, I mean, I had, a lot of different uh, friends from there, which I could reach out to, and and it was the same with um, uh, with uh, with Daniel, who who actually did come from the same company uh, before. And uh, I mean, having that kind of network before that you can uh, bounce ideas off of and so on, I think is really important, uh, and to to utilize that. Yeah. Yeah. To actually prioritize it. Uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, and, and see, like, uh, and especially if it's uh, like a, a domain which you haven't been working uh, in before. I mean, uh, j- just kind of. Get, getting a good sense of uh, what what you should uh, what you should do. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to talk a bit about like how an app and website um, work together, but before that, is there anything regarding building an app from the beginning, technology choices, anything like that that you want to touch upon that we haven't really talked about? Uh, I think we covered it pretty well. I yes. mean, uh, yeah. <laughs> no, but uh, uh, I, I think the, the big thing there is like, uh, if, if we're, I mean, we've been talking a, a lot about kind of the, the absolute first steps, uh, mm-hmm. which in our case was uh, was about three years ago uh, when it came to developing the app at least. And, uh, and I mean, then just 
m make sure you use something you you know and uh, and try to uh, and make some try to try to make the hard choices uh, immediately and uh, and even though an idea might be attractive uh, in the beginning in our case it was uh, developing an app and not developing a website uh, try to reevaluate re those things yeah 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 I like that today you said this in the beginning that a website is uh, kind of a complement to the app and it has play a much bigger role today like how did that come to be and what was the initial uh, relationship between the two and what are they today yeah so w when we started out i mean uh, when we released the mvp of the app i mean we basically had a shell for a site uh and it was uh, <laughs> yeah it was one of those you know uh, the, the site is launching soon pretty much <laughs> uh, <laughs> but but we still had the app so uh, so that was kind of where we started out and uh it, it was it basically and the, from there it kind of Exi existed to push people towards the app. Yeah. Uh, while well nowadays it's uh, it's kind of our main entry point into the platform uh, at all. Uh, and as I mentioned, I mean our, our main our main entry point for new users is uh, through our partners in different ways, uh, and uh, getting them to go to the site and then uh, starting a subscription and then going to the app. Uh, and, and for that, I think the web is like it, it's just a lot better. You don't have to download anything. You can just land on a play page. Yeah. Someone can send you a link and you can click on it on your phone and so on. And, and I mean, I think, uh, and that's also why, like, uh, the developing uh, for the web as your MVP, I think that's a really good starting point in most cases. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I've been thinking kind of a, a lot about this, especially from an acquisition point of view, because yeah. what I find, and oh, this is not database, this is experience based. So you have to correct me if you know other data. Um, but it's that if there is an um, app, that is similar to something else I've used. Yeah. I don't. I rarely hesitate to download it. Mm -hmm. But if it's something that I haven't used before that is pushing boundaries for some reason, like for example, what you were doing because you were doing something that haven't been done before, I kind of hesitate with uh, start using the app because it's like the uh, threshold or the friction is higher. Yeah. Uh, but there is a few uh, occasions where I found that this is not the case. And yeah. that is when the ads are super explanatory. Mm -hmm. So like you get the whole product tour before even having to press download or something. Have you seen any similar patterns like that? Or Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, that, and that's super hard. I mean, uh, like how you actually communicate around those things. Uh, yeah. And I mean, like from, from our standpoint, it's it's quite hard to explain uh, the kind of experience uh, to, be, uh, to begin with. And another thing that goes into that is kind of the... Uh, is another reason for you to uh, kind of steal with pride. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and that's like uh, having something which is uh, familiar to people yeah. uh, and why it might feel a bit good to come into an app and feel, oh, this is similar uh, to Instagram in these ways. Uh, yeah. Nice. A and then it's much easier to kind of learn the rest as yeah. you go along. Yeah. Uh, I, th I think that that is uh, th that's uh, probably very helpful. Yeah. Speaking of that, because I know I mentioned this to, I know other people at Milky Wire, I don't know if we have talked about it, but there is this service called Kiva, uh, mm. which is like when you're lending to small companies. And for me, this has always been similar to that, even though you're doing something completely different in uh, your model and the purpose and everything like that. I've compared it more to that than I have to like Instagram when it comes to like understanding what you do. Mm -hmm. uh, have you looked at them or is there any other like similar, some sort of similar organizations you looked at? Yeah, no, I, I understand that you do that. I, I've used Kiva as well and, yeah. uh, and I really like it. Uh, yeah. But but I kind of stopped making that comparison because, but uh, yeah. I, but but it, it really does depend on where, where you're coming from, really. Why I mean, did you stop? Just explain. Uh, I th because there 
and I'm going to be a little bit mean here. Yeah, I don't think they're do. super tech savvy. Uh, oh, no, they're not. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh, I think uh, they they don't, they, they could do a lot of different things in a better way. I remember getting uh, kind of a paper certificate for things. And yeah. uh, I mean, th those kinds of things. So, so I think that's kind of where the comparison ends a little bit. Uh, but on the other hand, you have the kind of explanatory Thing which you can use uh, towards uh, prospective users uh, and just say that, yeah, this is similar to X, Y, and Z. Yeah. So, so I think it, it might be helpful. Uh, but, but yeah, I don't think it's a good comparison. Okay, I, I understand that. But then I'm going to push this a bit, especially since I know that you worked with Blockit before. Yeah. Because I would say that for a long time, I mean, how many years did Blockit keep their landing page? Uh -oh. I mean, that's a story of its own. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, there's even a good website you can go in on. I, I don't remember what it's called, but it, it's like Blockit history or something. Oh, really? And you, you can see kind of how they've iterated on that kind of... Uh, it had, They had kind of a yellow start page for okay. a really long time, yeah. if you remember, uh, and how they kind of iterated on that. <laughs> <laughs> it's super funny. Uh, yeah, no, but, but, uh, and I think that, I mean, uh, if you look at Amazon, they're the same yeah. way. I mean, they don't, they, they like change small little bits yeah. all the time. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, I think, uh, you, you always have to kind of strike some balance between doing kind of radical change and, uh, building some kind of familiarity. Yeah. And I think in both of their cases, uh, I think the fam familiarity meant a lot to them. Yeah. Uh, in the end, of course, Blockit did choose to kind of do a major redesign, and yeah. that's kind of actually when I worked there. Yeah, uh, but... sure, like, I was part of it. <laughs> <laughs> I was part of part of it, yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, no, definitely. Uh, but but uh, uh, yeah, so, uh, I, I, but it's going to be harder the longer you wait, so. <laughs> yeah, I can, I can imagine that, but that's also why I'm a bit, and I, I think this is interesting then with like looking at new things versus old things, and, and, and I mean, I agree completely with your critique to Kiva, yeah. but knowing how much money at least I have sent to them over the years, you know, the technology doesn't matter really. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it looks like it's done for the last 15 years. Yeah. But and maybe in that way, actually, we are quite similar because I yeah. mean, for, for users like you who don't go in that often to follow and just may maybe just want to know that follow up videos exist. Yeah. Maybe that isn't that important. Yeah. Uh, and that's also something which, which is probably good to take into account in that case. Yeah. I have another really fun example of that, like doing a major uh, redesign. Um, I don't know uh, if you're ever in on Reddit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they, I mean, they did a redesign, I think it was two or three years back. Okay. Uh, and one of the things that they were, they, they were thinking about it, but they didn't do it in the end. But I think this is hilarious was that they kind of, uh, they, they did this major redesign and they, uh, they had the idea to insert a couple of like horrible little features just to make sure that the criticism they would receive would be directed to th towards those kinds of things. And then they would subsequently remove them just Ooh. to kind of make sure that people don't get pissed off about the redesign, <laughs> which I thought was th super smart. Yeah. Uh, really, really <laughs> smart. But, but this is uh, so funny because if you look back to Facebook's history, I remember like, I don't know, 10 or 12 years ago when they did changes, people were so pissed. I mean, your entire yeah. Facebook and news feed was yeah. only about how bad the new changes were. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. And then some point, I don't know when it was, maybe seven years ago or six, uh, they just kind of got into a flow of making a lot of changes, but people weren't really that bothered of them. I, I guess yeah. they were smaller and, and stuff like that. This does not take to account the business manager because uh, I remember one time when I was going to do, um, I was actually going to do an education in Facebook Message Manager, had prepared everything the night before, logs into the mor in the morning and it's completely different. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Then you're like, oh. 
Good God. Yeah. <laughs> no, exactly. And maybe, uh, and this is also going to be a bit controversial, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there, there, are, <laughs> there are instances where you shouldn't listen to your users. <laughs> oh, I agree. With a that. lot of instances. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, doing these major redesigns, it's painful. Yeah. Uh, but uh, obviously, I mean, like, and from like Facebook standpoint, I mean, strategically, it was like super important for them to do that. Yeah. Of uh, course. Yeah. Even though people hated it. <laughs> yeah. But I think like if we're looking at Facebook and also other, like we have started a lot when we are are doing redesigns of websites we put on a beta first that people can kind of go into and and it kind of lives mm. next to the other websites for a while and with facebook they have this little feature that says like do you want to switch back to the old interface oh, yeah. so i kind of like those um kind of small tools to, tools to kind of ease the user into the change and i think it's also a very good uh data collection point of view yeah definitely and yeah. also uh like uh, i use github a lot mm -hmm. uh, and what they do is that you uh, you opt in instead mm. to new features uh, a lot of yeah. the time. And they, they basically have uh, features in uh, beta phase sometimes for like a year, yeah. uh, even though it's fully working and so on. Yeah. Uh, so it, it's almost like getting a gift. Uh, and uh, I think that's a nice twist to it as well. Yeah. That you can you can opt in and uh, get get the new thing uh, instead I, of I really uh, the like opposite. That. Yeah. yeah. But okay, so to kind of wrap this back into the like head of engineering role, like how much harder is it to develop in these states of changing versus if you would just do the whole Facebook, everybody's pissed and uh, you're in the new phase? Oh, it's a lot easier. I mean, uh, from our standpoint, I mean, we, we can... I mean, we can't do anything. I mean, yeah. uh, I mean, we we've still existed for three years. We we have quite a bit of legacy and uh, some some things that uh, we always have to take into account. Yeah. But I mean, we don't have uh, we we don't often have a lot of users reaching out to us being pissed about changes that we make. And I think also the kind of people that we do have on board now, there are a lot of early adopters, mm. and they tend to be a lot more forgiving. Yeah. Regarding those kinds of things. So okay. uh, yeah, I think I think from our standpoint, it's a lot easier. Yeah, you, you come off easy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It might but, change though. But <laughs> yeah, but have you done anything like in particular, like do you do some sort of testing before you release? bigger stuff for something to kind of avoid it or is it just like no people just like what we do uh no i mean the, the big thing that we do is we try to follow up the data uh yeah. i mean that that's uh that's the biggest one obviously like uh seeing whether conversion changes for for things that we do on uh, the donation pages and so on yeah uh and always uh try to to evaluate and it's something that we can get a lot better at obviously but i think that's pretty core to yeah. what you need to do and uh and maybe not ask for too much forgiveness and just dare make some changes. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, like uh, shortening the pipeline a little bit and just uh, trying stuff out. I think that's that's pretty key to succeeding and me being able to move fast. Yeah. Uh, and one of the things that I think we've done well. Uh, As mentioned, I think we could kill a few uh, things that we still have lying around. But yeah. but I mean, uh, yeah, I, I, I still think it was really important to just try out these small things. Yeah, yeah, I understand. But we're actually getting into that because we, you know, as a startup, you learn a lot along the, along the way. So what have been your to mention a few big aha moments or anything like that. Yeah, I mean, well, if we start at the beginning, uh, yeah. I mean, the the initial idea was to be uh, quite similar to, uh, it was kind of a little bit like Netflix, uh, mm -hmm. but instead of uh, money going to Netflix, uh, or in our case, us, it would go to 
uh, nonprofits. Yeah. Uh, and uh, you would be able to to consume content based on whether you had a su- subscription or not. Mm. Uh, but uh, then we <laughs> basically, like my my first week, we started reading through the Apple uh, the the App Store guidelines, and uh, that was completely forbidden. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. So uh, we we had to change that immediately, and uh, I, I think we were off a lot better for it because I mean, spreading the word of these organizations is uh, is kind of yeah, it, it gives a lot more. Yeah. Uh, in in my opinion, that was probably the first one that I experienced at least in Milky Wire. And then, further down the road, I mean, we we had a pretty big transition. I mean, it's it's been ongoing for kind of uh, the past year or something, where we uh, kind of uh, like I talked a little bit about previously, we moved kind of from using uh, using consumers uh, as uh, as kind of or like be, being in the app store and expecting people to download the app just based on what they saw there or seeing an ad and so on. Uh, to to actually having our partners as entry points, uh, so we have the employee engagement program where uh, the partner that we have is basically uh, you, uh, you're an employee of that partner, and then you get onboarded into the app through them, mm. and then also of course uh, kind of different payment providers uh, mm. and uh, being able to donate to Milky Way through them, and then we can subsequently kind of bring them on in another capacity later on, and hopefully get them to download the app and everything. Uh, so that was a really, really big shift yeah. in kind of our way of thinking and also kind of uh, like in how a lot of us were used to working, uh, like being used to working with uh, Facebook ads and uh, and all of those things to maybe not relying on that too much. Yeah. yeah. Ha- has how you measure the results of those initiatives changed? Like, do you still use the same KPIs and metrics or have you changed uh, how you measure the success of such events? Yeah, we, we've changed that quite a bit, actually. Uh, I mean, obviously, like any startup, I mean, conversion is really important yeah. but we've kind of bumped that down in importance uh mm-hmm. nowadays it's uh, uh and kind of up the importance of uh, actually um users being satisfied with the platform and uh like um those kinds of things and i mean we, we've also reevaluated some things like in the beginning we uh, we we didn't want engagement as kind of a kpi mm-hmm. but nowadays i mean it is pretty important uh, for people to to feel like uh, they, their time on the app was well spent. Mm. So so that's kind of I mean, it's not a huge shift, but but it is a shift yeah. and kind of how, how we see that. Uh, and that's kind of uh, gone up in importance, uh, I think. Yeah. Yeah. What would you say are the like main three or five KPIs that you do follow? Well, uh, I'm going to answer that question in a different way. Okay. <laughs> Please uh, do. Yeah. So, I mean, we, we have our, our kind of uh, like a on a company level, we obviously have kind of financial goals when it comes to like uh, how much uh, uh, funding capacity we have for for different organizations that we have on board, as well as kind of how much donations we receive and so on. And then we have uh, in the individual teams, and we're, we're we're quite a decentralized organization in a lot of dis- different ways. So all the different teams have their own uh, set of uh, they, they they have their own mission, vision, as well as KPIs. Mm. Uh, so and we basically. Yeah, we we switched that around like just a couple of weeks ago, basically. So I think I think the uh, the idea there was that uh, for for it to be kind of a combination of like the the teams being able to to say like this is what we want to do, and uh, in order to accomplish our company goals, and that's how we work with KPIs. Mm. Yeah. Okay, I like that. So so that does that mean that you have any any uh, KPIs, especially for the height level, that flows through the organizations or is it just always based on the kind of team or part of the organization? I mean, from like what we actually do follow up, it's based on the teams. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, Interesting. And do those, I'm not a pro at OKRs, but it sounds a bit OKR. Uh, do you yeah, know I'm, not, I'm not a pro there either, but yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it, it is a bit similar. 
yeah. uh, from my understanding as well. Yeah. Okay. So looking at the OKRs from this point of view, when you're having it this way, are you ever afraid that uh, since the goal for the time being can change and then the KPIs to that, you will miss the like long-term, the long-term effect of following in a KPI? Because from yeah. my, just kind of to explain, from my perspective with the OKRs, maybe change the KPIs you're measuring from quarter to quarter. Yeah. And uh, if um, you are so decentralized with things, are you afraid that you will uh, miss kind of following one KPI for a whole year or two years or something like that? Yeah, that that's actually a super relevant question. Uh, and uh, I mean, you have to strike some kind of balance, mm-hmm. in my opinion. I mean, because goals do change and yeah. uh, like what you need to measure uh, in order to to like evaluate those goals, that does change as well. And I think like one of the things that I at least try to do, and, and this is just my kind of personal opinion, is that to to make sure that you you have a good ground set of metrics, yeah. uh, and make sure that you just to make sure that you have you have a good history on yeah. things, and then you can actually you you can actually change out the different KPIs. I mean, uh, the, you you actually do have the the fundamentals for doing that. That kind of answered my question. This yeah. was just coming from another angle then yeah. yeah you don't have to follow everything up all at once no yeah. <laughs> exactly makes sense as long as you have the base data yeah, yeah exactly so we have kind of been touching on this as well but like how has your marketing strategy changed throughout the years except for like channels i should start by saying i'm not the expert there but i've said that previously uh but uh like one shift that we have done is uh, and this also kind of coincides with the kind of value that you get out of ads going down quite a bit, like uh, just in, in the past several years with, uh, you know, app tracking uh, directives in uh, in uh, in Apple and everything. But we have kind of shifted away from those kind of typical ad places. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that that is kind of a major one that uh, that we do use. Uh, and, uh, and then we, uh, and then kind of, I think a bit also how we kind of communicate with our users once they're once they actually have been converted. Because mm. now, like how you usually uh, convert uh, the first time is uh, through making a one-time donation, mm. uh, and uh, then instead of sending out notifications and trying to bring people on board that way, we we use uh, email quite a bit more. Yeah, and uh, try to uh, to also send out kind of valuable uh, monthly updates uh, through through emails and so on. Yeah. try to work a little bit more in that way so that that's shifted quite a bit actually yeah interesting yeah. so one of the things i i looked at a lot related to the fact with app tracking and everything is um self-attribution do you do that no actually we don't do that no? uh not not to my knowledge at least uh yeah. no maybe we should <laughs> <laughs> well i'm here to give you tips no i'm kidding <laughs> yeah. no but we uh i mean you usually I, I think one of the reasons uh uh and again I'm not the expert here, but uh, I think uh, one of the reasons that is maybe not as important to us is that it's usually pretty clear where you're coming from. Mm. I mean, I actually took a look at Google Analytics this morning and uh, we most of it actually had a referrer. Mm, Uh, So, I mean, it was pretty clear where they were coming from. But on the other hand, of course, you you, you obviously also want to know if they've heard about you before and so on. So I think that might be a lesson for us. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) Uh, it's just something I've been looking at a lot lately due to the fact that's uh, so if you look at like dark social, the fact that uh, a lot of things happen in social media that aren't even meant to be tracked. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, I post about you guys saying it's a nice service. It has a link like you don't even know that I've posted about you. So it comes in a lot of traffic, but you have no idea why. Yeah. yeah. Uh, or like um, with the whole, uh, you know, lack of cookies and, and stuff. So there are both explanatory reasons and 
non-explanatory reasons for why you don't have the data. Yeah. Uh, so I think the combination of uh, qualitative and quantitative data becomes more important. And yeah. that's why I'm like into the whole self-attribution theme right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, interesting. And, yeah. I, and I think it's like, uh, yeah, uh, and I think that is pretty important. I think also from, like, like again, lesson for us. Yeah. Uh, when you're in the phase that we are, where we're kind of uh, transitioning from, I mean, like a, a year ago or something, I mean, nobody knew who we were. Uh, nowadays, uh, some people actually do. Uh, and uh, like actually getting people who have heard about you before and learning like how they learned about you and so on. I mean, yeah, that's yeah. super interesting. Very yeah. relevant. Yeah. Yeah. What, what do you say like uh, during this last year, what has been the key reasons to why people know about you nowadays? I mean, we've had a much bigger influx of users uh, yeah. through through the like one-time donations, uh, as mentioned. I think that's probably the primary one. Uh, yeah. But also, I, I mean, we've been out in media more uh, and in some better contexts. Um, I mean, it might, it might also be something that people actually talk about uh, a bit more, like uh, how, like how, how charity works and so on. Yeah, yeah, how to contribute. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So you have talked about this example a few times where you're leaving kind of like, or leaving, I wouldn't say, but um, are less dependent on Facebook ads and so forth. But you haven't like given a clear, concrete example on how you do that. Would you mind sharing? Okay, yeah. So uh, nowadays when you uh, go into a checkout with Klarna, yeah. Uh, you uh, you often get to see a little uh, little banner at the bottom that says, uh, "Hey, do you want to donate through Milky Wire? Mm. Uh, do you want to uh, contribute towards uh, uh, towards climate change, uh, yeah. something like that?" And then you you get to go to our site and uh, you get to make a one time donation. And the conversion there is actually pretty good, which is super interesting. And we also have started working with kind of how we can get those users into what what we see as a more sustainable way of giving which is uh, becoming a monthly donor instead yeah uh so that that's one of the things that we we are and have been working on a little bit uh like uh, just uh, in the past couple of months yeah and, and we're also kind of uh, and that that's kind of one of the main focuses we have in the kind of coming year how we can develop that further yeah uh, and how we can uh, make sure that you actually can make the donation through others uh, instead of having to go to our site and so on Mm. Uh, so that that is uh, yeah that that's um, so uh, so we have this uh, API that we've been working on and are currently setting up uh, as well as uh, we yeah we're going to start testing it with uh, with some uh, some merchants and so on mm. uh, to see uh, how that works uh, and I I'm pretty excited about it I, nice. I think it's going to be pretty cool yeah so then it will be more like oh do you want to donate this amount while checking out and you never go to your website and stuff exactly yeah, yeah. okay yeah. will you then have some sort of like because then we're we've been into cookies and tracking, and now we're kind of into GDPR. Like then you will only get the money; you will not get any contact information to the people donating. Or how will that work? Uh, it depends on the donation channel. I mean, since we we actually need to do uh, the bookkeeping and we need to uh, actually be able to do some verification and so on, we we actually do need to have some sense of who the user is. Uh, okay. So I I, I think uh, we we will be able to reach out to them. Uh, depending on what it is about, and uh, usually those merchants do offer some kind of uh, yeah way to reach out to them. Yeah, usually via email. Yeah. Okay. So um, we're getting to the end of the uh, podcast. I have I have one question that is a bit out of there. I think what role will integrations play in the future? I think it'll play a, a big role. I mean, it, uh, as mentioned, that that is probably one of the uh, that that is one of the main focuses that we have kind of in the coming year. Yeah. Uh, and we have a, a team who is mostly working on that right now, actually. Mm. And uh, I think it'll play a huge role, especially because it, it, it's also pretty clear from now that we're talking with partners uh, that that is 
that is probably the thing that gets them uh, most interested in working with Milky Wire. And uh, so I, I think there is kind of a uh, there is a desire for it. Uh, and uh, and also it's uh, yeah, since I'm from the tech side, I, I find it really fun. Ah, okay. So so I realized now the answer to this. You see the tech part, where I see the business part, and I'm like, what does integrations have to do with yeah, it? Yeah, I'm yeah. Like, no, exactly. No, I mean, uh, we, we've, uh, <laughs> yeah, we, we've been in talks with some merchants and so on. And uh, until now, uh, we've had some partners who have been donating kind of um, uh, on an ongoing basis, uh, but it's not kind of been tightly integrated with uh, uh, and their users haven't been able to follow things up and so on. And that's what we want to bring along. We want to bring them into uh, into yeah, the warmth okay. of the Milky Wire experience. That's uh, yeah, yeah, that's what we want to do. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. So what haven't I asked you about that I should ask you about? I think we've covered a lot of it. Uh, I think one thing which might be interesting to talk about is how to kind of uh, think about how, how to organize a good kind of product organization uh, that can work together with marketing, which is something mm -hmm. we, we've had to uh, kind of uh, adjust a bit as we, we've gone along. Tell me more. Yeah, no. So, uh, so I think when we started out, I mean, we, we were uh, basically one product team. Uh, we had uh, we had uh, UX designers, uh, we had uh, developers in the same team, and we also had, uh, since we were so small, we had really good communication with the marketing side, and, and we could uh, go in and make uh, changes really quickly and uh, kind of have, have uh, yeah, and kind of have really good uh, communication regarding that. Uh, and and that, that's something which, uh, as we've kind of grown, has become more and more difficult. Uh, and uh, I think... What what's important there is to to make sure that you you actually do have someone who has kind of uh, responsibility for for the technical uh, someone or 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 at least or or a few people who have a kind of actually do have the core responsibility and ownership over that kind of like uh, what kind of data marketing yeah. needs to work with and uh, all of that uh, and I think that's uh, that's really important because it yeah I mean it is super important for the success of the product uh, and uh, it's also easy to to do it wrong if you're doing it in a uh, too rigid yeah. way you kind of do need to to tweak things as you go along and work yeah. with it continuously yeah. which is why it's important for some for people to have ownership of it yeah yeah, yeah makes sense and and what would you say is the the key for succeeding because i i think what you're uh, in on a bit is the fact that every time a team's grow regardless what team it is you kind of grow apart from each other as well because it's so many people within yeah. the individual team to kind of um have stay updated and so forth that to communicate between teams and so forth becomes a challenge what would you say is the kind of key success for your teams then to kind of stay within communication uh, when you have grown i mean i i think in, and i'm a bit biased here uh <laughs> and i'm gonna say something which is uh which has become more hard since uh like like especially during covid yeah. uh once we're working remotely but but i mean the big thing is just like getting together for a coffee yeah letting uh like uh just talking openly about uh both work related and non-work related things and make sure you you actually have a uh, a good personal relationship and then a lot of it a lot of things are probably going to flow from that naturally yeah and I, and I think that that's something which uh which we've succeeded at pretty well even though we've had covid uh, yeah. and we've had to do things remotely I, I still feel like we do have a good sense of like uh, 
of camaraderie at Milky Wire. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, so I think that's probably the core of it. I like that. Do you have any tips to kind of give away? How do you do camaraderie uh, online? Okay, so I, I can go into a, a few of the different things that we do. Yeah. I mean, we have, uh, we we start and end the week, the whole company together. So, mm -hmm. uh, I mean, even though we're around 50 people now and uh, we, uh, during the Monday meetings, we, uh, we also spend 15 minutes just uh, talking about the weekend and we divide into randomized breakout rooms Ooh. yeah uh and uh and talk about that and uh, get to know each other a little bit and so on and uh and what one thing that we do in in my team is that i mean we work uh my team uh, works pretty tightly with uh, uh the impact uh team which is uh, kind of those that are working together with nonprofits and screening them and uh, monitoring them and so on and uh, we've uh, started doing weekly uh, coffees basically so mm. 45 minutes where we uh, we vote on a topic uh, to discuss together and uh, we we try to kind of uh, discuss that uh, together and uh, yeah but but it's uh, high and low yeah uh, yeah just to get an understanding of like uh, who, who these people are and uh, yeah. what are our challenges and so on yeah. I think that's really nice yeah I think you're on through something really important there I find that when you um, break the barriers of not knowing who to talk to just because you don't know them or something. Yeah. You know, you start asking someone a question and then know someone and it kind of spirals into exactly. something. Yeah. Versus if you don't have that from the beginning setup, then the question st stays within you. Yeah, and I, I think the part that a lot of people find awkward, especially now that we've gone over to, uh, I mean, most people I talk to nowadays, they, uh, they're they flexible remote. And I yeah. think that's probably the way it's going to be. Yeah. But... but uh, like do, doing these kinds of things might feel a bit awkward, yeah. but it's uh, it does feel pretty natural when you're actually in the room. Uh, and uh, I, I think it's kind of, at least for me, it's kind of a transition yeah. uh, to, to having to arrange these kinds of things instead of just being able to like tap on someone's shoulder and uh, get a coffee uh, in the office. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but, but I think that that awkwardness is something that you have to swallow. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. I think I'm going to actually, I like to steal with pride. So I'm going to steal your, some of this, yeah. maybe all of it. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Good year. Good. I think we're going to wrap things up there. It was really nice chatting with you, Jacob. Uh, I learned so much, both about Milky Wire and about a lot of other stuff. So thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening in to our podcast, Winning in the Nordics, presented by AppsFlyer. You know where to find us subscribe and leave us a review on Apple, Google, Spotify and all good podcast apps. 